Here at Helium 10, we create content for everyone. If you're not a reader though, you might've missed out on this popular post titled, Amazon's Updates, Here's How to Adapt and Thrive. But now we've got you covered. Listen to this new best of episode highlighting that post, as well as a top written blog post from the last month. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Serious Sellers Podcast by Helium 10. I am your host, Bradley Sutton, and this is the show that's a completely BS-free, unscripted, and unrehearsed organic conversation about serious strategies for serious sellers of any level in the e-commerce world. Now, this is the second installment of Helium 10's Best Of podcast series, and this time it features our written blog post. We're proud of the content our team here at Helium 10 has been creating for you. We also have the opportunity to feature guest posts from some of the smartest people out there in the e-commerce world. Here's a selection of some of your favorites from the last month, and the first one is from our own content team. Even though selling on Amazon can be such a wide-ranging subject, there are often common threads. Usually, it involves the fact that even though it's a side hustle for a lot of us, we still need to treat it like a business. We need to pay attention to the changes that Amazon makes, be agile and quick on our feet to adapt and thrive. In today's first post titled Amazon's Updates, Here's How to Adapt and Thrive, we'll take a look at the changes that Amazon makes to their business model. Helium 10 always keeps a close eye on changes to Amazon's ecosystem and they've recently begun to pile up. This post discusses the three that have the potential to affect Amazon sellers the most. So far this year, over 1,100,000 new sellers have joined Amazon. That's the equal of roughly 3,000 new sellers every single day. And there are also so many ways that Amazon can affect the lives of these sellers on its massive e-commerce marketplace. What we need to worry about and adapt to as sellers are the small changes in Amazon's A9 algorithm and their TOS or terms of service, just one of the many things that we need to be abreast of. Now, it's pretty well understood that Amazon's platform was designed to favor buyers. That's why as much as I prefer shopping locally, the purchasing experience on Amazon is superior. No driving, incredible selection, free shipping, and low prices. What's not to like? Now, let's talk about the first of the three adjustments that it seems that Amazon has brought about. Selling on Amazon is impossible without establishing a strong base of reviews. Creating sales velocity sometimes feels like e-commerce voodoo. The way that reviews help Amazon sellers is something of a chicken and the egg proposition. What came first? The Amazon ranking power that arose from customer reviews or the customer reviews that are made possible by the increased sales from your product having a highly ranked page position? Every week, we see sellers whose accounts are suspended because of something having to do with their emails to customers. Maybe it's because the email platform they're using has furnished them non-compliant email templates, or maybe it's because their templates haven't been updated in reaction to Amazon's changes. According to Amazon, you can contact a buyer only to complete an order or to respond to a customer service question. You can't contact a buyer, including via email, physical mail, telephone, or otherwise, for marketing or promotional purposes. Nor can you make contact with a buyer about a return containing a product designated as a gift. Amazon also says that in any communication you have with the buyers, you cannot ask them to leave positive customer reviews for your product 
or to leave a review only if they have had a positive experience. At the same time, you cannot reach out only to customers who had a positive experience with your product to leave a review. It's also prohibited to offer them any compensation for a review. That includes money or gift cards, free or discounted products, refunds or reimbursements, or any other future benefits. In the past, it was almost impossible to make sure that you were always on the right side of Amazon's wishes. By following these rules, you could avoid most of what seems to upset Amazon and could lead to a reduction of email privileges. Now, something has changed. Amazon has made a change to what they allow in their email sequences. The problem is we don't know exactly what it is. What do we know or what we do know is that sellers are getting this message. It's a message that says like, dear seller, some of the messages you recently sent were not delivered to customers. We have detected that you have committed at least one of the following prohibited actions in your communications with customers. So there's different messages here that Amazon gives, such as you are using important in subject line or contact reason. Additional information required when it's not necessary to complete an order. You're sending marketing or promotions. You're either incentivizing or manipulating product or seller reviews. You're asking for the same review repeatedly. You are sending links or attachments that are not necessary to complete the order. We have received an excessive number of customer complaints about your unsolicited messages. As a result, you are temporarily restricted from proactively initiating new email conversations with customers. So I did that, guys, in another voice because that was the email from Amazon. Now, this is probably a reaction to the sheer number of new sellers and the helpful, quote unquote, helpful, but inexperienced Amazon experts giving advice online. These Experts, so-called experts, I should say, are pushing newer sellers into the gray areas that represent what Amazon does not want on their platform. Now, the best way to avoid this problem is to make sure that you are using Helium 10's follow-up tool. Helium 10 aggressively pursues strategies that always put you and your Amazon business at the forefront of what is technologically possible and is compliant with Amazon's wishes as they continue to change. The second change from Amazon had long been predicted by Amazon insiders like Helium 10's content and training manager, Anthony Lee. For many people, buyer data is no longer available on your Amazon seller reports. Anthony's feeling was that this was because, quote, once the United States government encouraged Amazon to handle sales tax for their customers, instead of forcing third-party sellers to do it on their own, FBA sellers wouldn't have a legitimate use for this data. He goes on to say that he believes that this is a sign that Amazon might soon be taking it away for just about everyone. This really doesn't matter. You still can make certain that you are going through all the steps that you did before. You'll just be communicating with the customer, not a certain name. This is one more reason why Amazon sellers need to do a better job of marketing themselves and bringing their own customers to the Amazon platform. That way, from that point forward, they are your customers to do with them what you wish. Amazon's third change involves the fact that it appears that sellers are no longer allowed to list products without brand registration. Why does that matter? Amazon says on its website that brand registry helps you protect your registered trademarks on Amazon and create an accurate and trusted experience for customers. Experienced Amazon sellers knows it means much more than that. One of the most crucial aspects of Amazon's brand registry is its a content manager. Formerly called Enhanced Brand Content, or EBC, A-plus Content Manager enables brand owners to change the product descriptions of branded ASINs. Using this tool, you can describe your product features in a different way by including a unique brand story, enhanced images, text placements, 
and importantly, video. But we've got a temporary workaround this for you. All you need to do is input NA for not applicable in the space designated for your brand and create your listing. After the listing is live, you should be able to go back in and edit the brand to correct the name. Until Amazon makes a change, this hack might be the only way people can get their listings up and quickly running before obtaining brand registry. Now, here's the thing. Lately, I have noticed, this is Bradley talking outside of the blog, that this doesn't always work. I just tried one last week and Amazon said, no, we need more information. I did get it to work though. All I did was then I included a picture of the product that had the brand name I was trying to change it to. And it had the FN SKU on there for FBA or could possibly have the UPC. And then I showed them, hey, this is the actual product that's in your inventory. This obviously is the brand name. Here's the UPC. Please go ahead and change your brand name. And they did. All right, back to the block now. To speed the process up of getting brand registry, you can sign up for the IP Accelerator. Now, what exactly is Amazon's new IP Accelerator program? Here at Helium 10, we're fortunate to have Anthony, one of the sharpest minds in the e-commerce space, working for us as our content and training manager. Now, he recently addressed the Amazon's new IP Accelerator program in a post called, Did Amazon Just Shortcut Your Way to Brand Registry? In it, he said that, quote, if you frequent Amazon seller forms and follow the U.S. announcement boards, then you've likely seen the news about the new IP Accelerator program. Amazon's new IP Accelerator program is a free program for sellers that gives them access to a pre-vetted network of IP lawyers. Amazon has not only curated this network, but they've also pre-negotiated rates for standard services as well. Mostly, this will be for trademark registration, but the network is open to help with things like patents and copyrights as well. What is Accelerated Brand Protection? By Amazon's own admission, sellers who choose to use their IP Accelerator program and hire a lawyer within its network will be strong candidates for registration. Obviously, they cannot mean for trademark registration because only the USPTO decides that. Anthony says that in his estimation, this must mean brand registration, and that would be huge. Think about it. Currently, it can take anywhere from eight months to a year to get trademark registered. And Amazon's brand registry doesn't accept trademark application numbers, only actual trademark registrations. It sounds like this program may allow sellers to shorten the wait due to the open access to the entire trademarking process this accelerator program will have. It seems very likely a large function of IP accelerator will be to curb false infringement claims. Now, if Amazon and their network of lawyers have more control and visibility over the actual intellectual property, they'll be able to act more swiftly and accurately. Reducing false infringement claims will also reduce wasted manpower as well as suspensions. What could this mean for sellers? It could seriously mean a much faster path to brand registry. And with it, all the perks of having a registered brand like EBC and video content. It could mean that there will be swifter action against counterfeiters and some hijackers. One of my favorite things I get to do with Helium 10 is to be able to connect with Amazon sellers at different events. One of the best is the SellerCon conference in Las Vegas. The next blog post called Seller Hacks Number 6, How to Identify Forbidden Keywords. This is the sixth installment, actually, of the Seller Hacks series that we did. These were based on the hacks I shared on stage at the SellerCon event in Las Vegas. Now, a quick Google search of what constitutes a good Amazon-specific title brings us 390 million results in a little under three quarters of a second. It seems like it would be pretty straightforward. 
Just follow four simple rules to keep Amazon happy. Titles must not exceed 200 characters, including spaces. Some other categories might be different. Number two, titles must not contain promotional phrases such as free shipping or 100% quality guaranteed. Titles must not contain characters for decoration such as dollar signs or question marks or exclamation marks or hashtags. Or number four, titles must contain product identifying information such as hiking boots or umbrella. A lot of times after Amazon sellers update their titles in Seller Central, you know, they've got it right there on their back end. But in spite of not getting any error messages, the changes never appear on the actual front end or the actual product page. It's obvious that something has upset Amazon, but what is it? Well, here's how you're going to find the keywords that you've placed in your title that are forbidden by Amazon. First of all, go to Seller Central and open up a case. Then go to Listings, Product Page Issue, and Fix Product Page Issue. Then you enter your ASIN and hit search. Now you're gonna to wanna to enter in your title and this is where the detective work is gonna come in. In this backend window, Amazon is very clear about what they don't like. You just have to click outside of the text box where you enter the title and then if there's something they don't like, it'll be in red. Usually it's something like, hey, you capitalize this when you weren't supposed to or use this kind of promotional language, et cetera. Now what happens is this is gonna give you as a seller the opportunity to understand what you have to change in order to get your title updated. Now, why does this work? Well, success on Amazon is almost always a moving target and it rewards a seller's ability to react to changes in the marketplace as well as the fluctuations of Amazon's wishes. That's one of the things that makes it so exhilarating. While we have a stable of talented writers working here at Helium 10, we are also fortunate that some of the top thinkers in Amazon's ecosystem also share their insights with us. Here's one from Christina Mergens, the head of business development at Sermondo called how to successfully enter a foreign Amazon marketplace, seven steps. Now this blog post dealt with understanding what it takes to expand into international markets on Amazon. If you're an Amazon seller and don't sell in foreign markets yet, you might be missing out on many advantages. If you sell internationally, you have access to millions of potential customers and can make more sales. Not only will your revenue grow, but you can also increase your profit margins. If you order higher quantities from your manufacturer, they will likely give you volume discounts. Another advantage is that you will diversify your risk. If, for example, your account is suspended in one country or the country is hit by a recession, you can still sell on other marketplaces and make up for your loss. However, despite the enormous potential of selling internationally, many Amazon sellers are not going global because they fear other laws or cultures or the geographical distance. Indeed, when entering a foreign marketplace, there are some things you need to keep in mind, but that shouldn't stop you from becoming a successful international entrepreneur. First of all, you need to think carefully about your product. If you already have a successful product, it's probably a good idea to sell it in the new marketplace, but be careful. Not all products are suitable for all marketplaces. Here's a simple example. Let's say you already sell dog food that contains beef in the U.S., and you want to tap into the German market. Germany is the richest EU country. Germans love to spoil their dogs and they eat a lot of beef. Thus, your product seems to be very suitable for Amazon.de or Amazon Germany. However, if you want to sell in the Indian marketplace, you will have to think about a new product. 80% of Indians are Hindus and in the Hindu religion, cows are sacred. You can imagine how your beef dog food will sell there. Another bullet point. Get familiar with tax regulations and laws. 
Guys, the best things you can do is invest in a local lawyer and a tax consultant when considering expanding to other marketplaces. The next point, think of logistics. Let's take the trade war between the USA and China as an example. If the important tariffs get too high for your kind of product and you want to enter the North American market, it might make sense to look for a local U.S. factory. No matter where you end up producing, you need to make sure that your product will be delivered safely from your manufacturer to the Amazon warehouse. Next point, create an awesome listing. Again, think about cultural peculiarities in your target market. By the way, try saying that five times fast, guys. And hire local SEO experts and copywriters. Next point, manage your payments. Fortunately, many companies have found solutions for online sellers to help make cross-border payments easier. Find an international payment provider that suits you and your business and set up an international account. The last point, set up your PPC campaigns. Similar to SEO, you should use a local PPC agency or at least one that employs native speakers. Targeting the right keywords is essential for the success of your campaigns. Employing someone who speaks the local language and knows the search behavior will help make your ads a success. Now, with all these blog posts that we just went over, what does this all mean for Amazon sellers? A steady stream of income from a side hustle is a pretty sexy way to imagine the Amazon selling lifestyle. More often, though, it involves a lot of hard work and attention to detail. Helium 10 is ready to support you in doing both. So if you're currently a Helium 10 user, thank you. We know that the points I've been making are probably pretty clear to you. If not, these Amazon changes represent one more reason to put Helium 10 to work for you. If you'd like to take a closer look at Helium 10's written content, these exact blogs or our other blogs that we have, make sure to go to the blog page of Helium 10's website at www.helium10.com forward slash blog. That's helium10.com forward slash blog. Quick note, guys, don't forget that regardless where you're listening to this podcast, whether you're on your iPhone or Stitcher or Spotify, that you make sure that you hit the subscribe button so that you can be notified every time we drop a new episode. We'll see you guys in the next Serious Seller podcast episode.